0: This is Bill Knauer and you're listening to Author to Author where we talk about writing and life because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres uh, you can find Author Magazine at AuthorMagazine.org, and we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Got a conference coming up end of September. I'm going to be there. A lot of people going to be there. You got to be there. You got to be there. If you're especially, if you live in Seattle, in that area, anywhere in the great Northwest, and you want to write, man, you got to be there. So, Go learn about it at pnwa.org. So today's conversation, ah, conversation, this is what it was about. It was a conversation about conversation because I talked to Peter Gibb. Got a new book out called Mindful Conversation, and it's just all about how to do it, how to do just that. And not surprisingly, we had a good one just about how to be present, how to how to speak to people honestly. This, this is what I like to do. I, I like to think that these conversations are mindful I'd say they are. So Peter is a writer, speaker, workshop leader, coach, and musician. He is the author of the critically acclaimed multiple award-winning memoir, King of Doubt. And then, of course, as I said, the recently released Mindful Conversation, Speak Openly, Connect Deeply, Live Joyously. Uh, Following his graduation from Brown University, Peter worked with the U.S. Foreign Service. He has taught at the high school and college level. Uh, served four years with the US Air Force in Germany and w- was executive director of a nonprofit community center in San Francisco. He has lived and worked in Peru, Germany, the UK, Ireland, and Greece for 25 years. He taught leadership and communication skills in 16 countries and three languages. Among his clients have been individuals, couples, many Fortune 500 companies, business and government leaders from around the world. He has worked with the Democratic Caucus of the U.S. Congress and with leaders of emerging democracies in Eastern Europe and with hundreds of just plain folk eager to communicate and connect better, which is just what we did. We communicated and connected, and I get to share that conversation with you now. Enjoy. All right. Look, it's Peter Gibb. Peter, Peter, how are yes.
1: you doing? So, hi, I'm doing really well. I'm really happy to be here with you again and talk about one of my favorite topics.
0: <laughs> yeah. And one of mine, right? Good. So, Good. of course, but so for those of you, Peter Gibb, you were on the show. I don't remember last time you had published, was did you had, had you published a, You had published a memoir. We talked yes. about memoir writing and you had yes. published uh, a memoir. We had a great conversation about it that topic um and uh did you enjoy the experience of sharing that work of sharing that book in retrospect
1: oh oh totally my god yes i mean it was so near and dear to my heart and i think we all we all sort of share our memoirs in different ways whether it's intentional Writing a book or Totally not. agree. I you totally little agree. Little you no matter how hard you try not to, you're gonna do it. So that's but right. but um, writing that book was was a huge um, coming out party for me, really.
0: Ah um, that's interesting. And we I, I really want to get to your current book, Mindful Conversations, yeah. Uh, which I'm a fan of and a great proponent of, just philosophically, to say nothing of the book itself, but um I too feel like you know, I talked to um, Armistead Maupin, who is the author of the Tales of the City series, one of the first men in America, men in America to come out in the seventies when no one was coming out publicly. If you were, and he did. And yeah. talking to him, I said, "You know, I think everybody has to come out in some level. On some level, come yeah, out so, as something." So right? true. So true. And you and so what was it? What was it about that that you felt you were s- going to cease to hide? When you wrote that book
1: well you know when i started writing the book i didn't really know what i was ceasing to hide i just i gotta i gotta tell a story and it went through many iterations and each one got me closer and closer to what i was really hiding and i'm now ready to talk about and basically for me it was actually kind of a joke um you know I the one I I discovered what I was really hiding after the book was published not 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 um, not literally but I discovered that it had a name that I didn't even know about right. it was imposter syndrome so I have lived my whole life trying to hide my inner doubts I don't want you know I you know anything about me but not this you know <laughs> this no 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 that's no that's the shameful part <laughs> yeah. you're not getting in there yeah. but then finally as I was writing that book I Discovered, why am I wasting all this time if I'm not telling the truth? You know, just yeah. get on with it. Tell the truth, and we'll we'll work it out somehow. So yeah. it really was at a, at a pretty deep level for me. It was high. It was my my own personal self-doubt, which has often been called imposter syndrome. Yeah. And you're never enough. You're never good enough. You're going to discover that I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Oh my God, this this would be terrible. But it's not. In fact, it's it's, it's exactly the opposite. <clears throat> um, so, anyway, that that was the real revelation in in that book for me, as well as some other things. And I told somebody that yesterday. I was doing a webinar, and I told somebody it was about imposter syndrome, and she said, "Oh, it's about so much more than that." So,
0: yeah, yeah, well, a lot. Writer, the imposter syndrome. That's a big thing for writer for artists. I think just for human beings. And uh, so you were suffering with a uh, with with uh, the COVID of mental. <laughs> you're hardly alone, right? And yeah. so, well, good for you. And so that must have been liberating. It was
1: totally liberating. It, yeah. it beyond beyond what words can express for me. because I didn't I didn't expect it to be that much. You know, I knew it yeah. was hidden, and but when it came out all right i've said the worst there is to say yeah you know um i i can just be me now and what a what an enormous change that makes i mean just really it, it is totally life-changing
0: so that see people memoir cheaper than therapy i yeah. just think that, I, it, it can get you pretty far if you tell the truth yeah i mean because the thing about memoirs that you um you, I always say, I, I always have to look upon the guy on the page like a character. And so I have to see his struggles and frustrations and fears like somebody else's in a way. I have to see them as not as important as the story, as, that it's just a story he's telling himself. And it's so therapeutic mm-hmm. yeah. to see my events that way. So good for you. Okay, so you have the best. So you share it. You probably got to talk to some people, go through the same thing themselves. Right. And and as you just mentioned, you were leading. a. You said you've been doing some workshops on it. You've been doing some classes and workshops based around that concept Uh,
1: around. Well, around both around that, the whole concept, well, memoir writing a little bit on on imposter syndrome and what that means. And now much more on mindful conversation. But that's
0: right. Mindful conversations. I think this is great. So that's the name of the book. And, you know, I do love mindful conversations. I told uh, one of my most recent guests that I married the woman I married in retrospect, in large part because of the conversations we would have that I realized in, I met her when I was 17, So, I, but I didn't realize at the time, like this is the way I want to talk. And the way you want to talk, the focus of, is just so critical to your evolution as a thinking, understanding person. I just think it's, so that's, that's, I could go on. I could go on about this subject, but it's not my book. So let's talk, where did this book start for you, Peter? What made you draw, why were you drawn to it? Where
1: did it start for me? Well, Well, let me ask you
0: this. Actually, let me ask you this before you answer that very difficult question. Were you someone who has always just wanted to dive in to conversations beneath the surface? Or are you someone who looked up at one point and realized 90% of the conversations I have are bullshit. I don't care about them. And I really want to go deeper. How did how did your evolution to conversations happen?
1: A, a bit of both. Um, I always knew that what I was doing was not working. This the conversations that we're having. I, I was a shy kid, and oh, so okay. I didn't dare. And I looked around and sort of watched and thought, well, what do they know that I don't know? And people and who I,
0: seemed loose and fluid with. Chatting exactly
1: me. exactly right. why why can you do it and i what, what's yeah. what's wrong with me? Right. You know right um, it seemed like everybody around me was doing it, but but me and I was sort of the outsider i I since learned that many of us are the outsiders, but
0: nevertheless, everyone's the outsider they're all outsiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: is there an inside?
0: yeah, I don't think so
1: but but um, so I watched and listened and tried to learn, and well, I have a story that I tell that I, I guess I'll tell right now. Sure. Um, really, I think the moment when I discovered it <clears throat> was that I had a, a girlfriend who was uh, very attractive, very bright, very outgoing, always had the best story, the best joke, the best, the center of every conversation and so forth. <clears throat> and I was her sidekick. Um, um, you know, I always assumed that I was there just because well, they, everybody wanted to be with her, right, and sort of the excess baggage, but okay, we're we'll right. put up with you for a little while. It wasn't a very happy place to be, but anyway, I guess it fed me in a certain way, so I hung in there for for a while, fortunately, not forever. um, but anyway, at one point, uh somebody that we were having dinner with said to me. He pulled me off to the side. We went for a walk, and he said, "You know, he, so I'd have this this opinion again that that I was just I wasn't the real one. I was just the, the shadow." And he pulled me off, and he said something that absolutely changed my life. He said to me, "You know, Peter, we really enjoy being with you, but we can't stand that woman you're with." <laughs> And I about dropped on the floor wow. because that was 180 degrees different right. from what I believed. Right, And it really, I, be, I just, I, I said, you must be crazy. I, I, I mean, how, how could you say something like that? <laughs> but I began, you know, that really was the first time when I started to look at myself through a little bit more objective eyes and think, Maybe I had something to offer here, Um, even though it didn't seem like it at the time. And I started to validate my own. I'm I'm basically an introvert. And I started to validate that was okay. It's not like you've got to learn how to be an extrovert. Right. It's fine. If you're an extrovert, no, no problem with it. Right. But, you know, you got to be the best extrovert you can be if you're an extrovert and the best introvert you can be if you're an introvert. And once I started to really um, accept that that was the truth, then I started to realize I had quite a lot to say. And the people actually wanted to listen to what I had to say. This was, this was, this was. What a
0: revelation.
1: Yeah, what a revelation indeed. And that, if you don't mind me
0: asking, how old were you when that happened? Because I do think this is interesting where these kinds of revelations land on the arc of our life, you know, certain things. Age nine, for instance, at certain things at age, like, I, I mean, being 17, when I met my, now my partner for life was a very strange age for that to happen for the most part, but that, it, you know, that was a significant event. So how old were you when that happened?
1: Well, you were about 10 years ahead of me, Bill. Oh, I was about 27. Oh,
0: I that's, guess. that's pretty young for that kind of, that, that particular, so we're talking about the conversation that you just, you just expressed. So you're only yes. 27. So you're still a young guy.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you for that. Wow. I mean,
0: but I mean, that's that's still pretty early to start to, to, for a big shift like that.
1: Yeah, I think it it, it is, but it, it's time for the shift whenever whenever it happens. That's
0: right, that's right. You know, no it's bad just, time. You
1: gotta, you gotta, you gotta grab that shift, and I think it will present itself to you perhaps when you're ready for it. You know, yeah, it probably had presented to me many times, but I didn't hear it because I couldn't sure. hear it. And then at that about that age, I finally was sort of ready to hear it not you know not openly but kind of thinking oh some we got to do something different here and here it was here was the gift so
0: and you know i i I, you may not understand this you may not believe it but i'm essentially an introvert as well although i'm a certain brand of introvert who's very comfortable in front of people but if i don't get time alone it's just not going to work right so it's kind of a blend but i did early in my life I was challenged socially in a certain way in that groups were difficult for me I didn't really enjoy them I was very good one-on-one and, yeah. it, and it was this was made clear to me a couple of time by people and I was like yeah I feel like I could be a priest or something and you could confess any like I could really understand it but I found group situations very challenging and it wasn't until recently from writing that I really broke down my particular issue with what often I think happens in groups, which isn't always great, quite frankly. I, and I'm not solely responsible for that. And so were you someone more comfortable in one situation than another? Or once you started getting comfortable in conversation, you were good everywhere.
1: Uh,
0: hardly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> of course I was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, Bill, I, I think our profiles are rather similar. I've, yeah. Always felt far more comfortable, and that one-on-ones feed me, whereas yeah. groups, by and
0: large, drain me. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I, I think I hope I'm getting better in groups because I do a lot of group work.
0: Yeah. Well, that's different. I, group yes. work. I love group work when I'm in charge of the group. I can. I know what to do with that. But just yes. the democracy of the dinner table, a little yeah. different.
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly that. Um, I think there are probably a lot of us like this out there who who thrive in the one-on-one and can come forward authentically in the one-on-one, but in groups, it's just a lot harder. Yeah, Um, I I
0: think that's, I think it's just true. I've got all kinds of theories about that. Maybe I'll share them today, maybe I won't, But I. so if you're writing a book about conversation, then you have to have witnessed ones that you thought, at some point seems to me, you have to say, this is working, this isn't working. Why is that working? How can we do about better? Right. There has to be it because you break it down. You're teaching people in this book how to have one. You must have begun to take notice of it all.
1: Yeah, I, I, I certainly have. I've observed it and noticed it and noticed it myself and in other people. And um, in, in fact, what actually the immediate springboard to writing this book was I was at a, um, a baby shower. And I was, this is all people that are supposedly friends and having a good time. And I looked around and I could tell, you know, there were maybe, what, 20 people there. And half of them were having a really good time. And half of them, it looked to me like they were really uncomfortable. Yeah. And this was not a threatening, you know, a high toxic environment. Right, right. It was just a baby shower. So I, I just thought, why? What is going on here? What are we doing to ourselves? And why is this so difficult? And that really started me on specifically. On
0: when trajectory. was that? Like how long ago was that?
1: Well, I spent four full years writing the book. I mean, I've been thinking about this and I actually. That's what I mean. It. Cause I know how
0: long you can think about a book like this before you write it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about it all my life, I think, but, <laughs> but, but the actual writing process took me four years. So okay. yeah. I, I would say that was about then. but I think that, that, um, One of the things that I discovered in my first ruminations about this was that, I didn't discover this, but I sort of realized it, that I think that we all, our species, we have a couple of fundamental drives. And two of them are to express ourselves authentically and to connect deeply. I just think if you're human, you kind of want that.
0: Yeah. Whether filthy. you know you want it or not, you want exactly. it exactly. You may not, or, or you never regret it when it happens. Like, connection yeah. always feels good, and authentic expression always feels good. No matter how terrified you are before it happens,
1: exactly. Right? Yes, you yeah, may I hide agree. from it, you may fight it, you may say, No, no, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. But yeah when yeah. it happens, you know it, and you yeah. say, That's what I've been after. I don't know why did it happen. How can I do that more? Um, I, you know, maybe I have no idea how that happened, or was it just you, or what was our chemistry, or whatever. But I think that those two inner needs really uh, inspired me to write the book. because so I said, "That's what we want. How yeah. do we get it?" And and here's my best guess at how we get it. And, and
0: yeah, so when so there's a lot of good advice in this, but. Let's talk about what makes so some of the do's. Like if some of the, what are, if if someone, if you only had five minutes with someone and it's like, I suck at conversation. I like good conversations, but they're always so superficial and I don't know how to blah, 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 right? They don't like, where do you start with someone in terms of having a mindful, connecting, meaningful conversation?
1: Well, I think um, mindfulness always starts with awareness, You know, that's kind of step number
0: one. And what do you mean by that? I know what I mean. What do you mean by that word awareness? That gets bandied around a lot. What does it mean to you?
1: It does. It means being present. You, me here now, basically. (laughs) Um, I'm in this conversation with
0: you, Bill, right now.
1: And I want mine's
0: not somewhere else.
1: It's not somewhere else. I could be thinking about, you know what this afternoon I have to do, or (laughs) what I didn't do last night. Or oh, you know what I should have said when you asked me this two minutes ago. I, (laughs) oh, oh, how did I miss that?
0: Yeah, I'm stupid.
1: I what an idiot you are. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to be in this question at this moment with you right now. And whatever I'm feeling is what I'm feeling. Um, but I think if I can tune into that and be present with that, I'll do okay. You'll do okay. We'll do okay. We'll connect. It'll work. Yeah. And 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 just knowing that. But it's easy to say. And if that's not your mo, it's it takes some practice to do that.
0: I will tell you, it's so true. And when I I, I don't mention this all the time in the interviews, but I often tell the guests beforehand that I don't prepare questions. And the big reason I don't is because I learned that I learned, I already met you a bunch of times, but, or a few times at least, but I learned more about a guest when they say hello to me than when I read their entire memoir. It's really true, like that, that's, if I'm present with them, and my job as an interviewer, sort of a guide of a conversation, is just to be present And to see what's interesting to me, honestly, like that. I care most about what's interesting about you to me. And that's how I got it. But and and to our listeners, so I think I'm pretty good at this, but my mind does wander. It happens, but you can bring it back. The question is, how quickly can you, because it'll go, things happen. I, you know, I'm a human, but how quickly can you come back, right? And not to panic and not to go chasing that thing.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Totally. It makes total sense. And how I I think, sort of the next step and well yeah. let me see
0: well, awareness I could, Be uh, there. awareness um, Be
1: there. i think about conversation most people when they think about conversation they think only about what i what i call the me you conversation and that's and that's a, incredibly important that's what most of us are are after consciously and you and i right. are having a great for me at least <laughs> the you conversation right now but That's only part, that's what I call the level one conversation. The level two conversation is what I call the me, me conversation. And that's what's going on inside my head that you can't see, but that enormously influences how I show up with you or whatever. And so I think when we become more aware, we also become aware of that. And we begin to be more intentional about our conversation and we begin to um, take enough of a, of a pause, and it may only be like ten seconds. That's maybe all it. it you wouldn't even know I've taken this pause It's so, right? But I can I can tune in and see what's going on because that that conversation I'm having inside my head influences so dramatically Hold what me. I'm going to say, how I'm going to show up, or not show up. You know, yeah. what have you? So there are these three levels. There's what I call the me you. The second level is the mean me me. And the third level is the me us, and that's the more global. How I think about my relationship with our common humanity: Are we one, or are we in competition? If you say something good, right. I got to say something better. Right. Because, hey, wait a minute, right. Right. <laughs> this is about me, not you. You know, right. I want it. so yeah, it's yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So we have all those three levels happening at the same time, which makes it complex, of course.
0: And and ideally, yeah, the internal narrative. I that took me a while to learn that to 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 say, what would you say if you just stilled your mind and mm-hmm. weren't reacting really to just what you were thinking about this moment? You know, I, I remember this time I was talking to my son's special ed teacher and we had a lot of concerns about him and were they doing a good job and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there, this feels, it's a little different, but it feels like the same thing, which is she was sitting there talking to us. And in my mind, I was saying, she's an innovative teacher or is she just a bureaucrat crunching mm. numbers? She's an innovative teacher. Mm-hmm. She's a bureaucrat. She's a, And I kind of was like bouncing, trying to understand <laughs> her. And yeah. then I said, let me just, I always think of James Joyce saying the artist's job is to behold, not to fear or want. And so yeah. I said, let me just look at her. No story, no story. And all at once, I kind of saw the wholeness of her. And I thought, well, she's neither of these things. And I could kind of accept her as this, whole person but which i couldn't articulate in words and that reminded me of the kind of the goal of conversation which is drop your own story and see what is present right because we it's it's hard because our stories kind of never stop running they don't right
1: they don't No, but there's something else I, i think that's and so many people you know i think when we first start talking about this i think many people think the job is to stop the story and you can't stop the story. You're, you're, you're just going to lose that, that fight. Right. If not, but what you can do, I am firmly convinced because I, I feel like I've done it to a fair extent is you can turn that internal voice from your enemy to your ally. Okay. And that's what your job is because so many of us, can, it's not only that, that we have a story going, it's that the story, it tends to be a negative story. You're doing it wrong you're you're to this to that whatever your problem is and that the internal voice can also be a huge ally and if you can make it your ally make it something that motivates you makes it something that helps you be present then that story okay. is, is a plus not a minus
0: how so give me an example what's a what's a how how have you you have examples of how you've shifted that internal story to make it from an ally to a, from an enemy to an ally
1: yeah sure um so, so one of the awarenesses that I had this was a little after I was twenty-seven um, <laughs> was that my internal story was not my voice at all; it was my mother's voice. Ah. Um, ah. And imagine that! I'm <laughs> um, the first one that's ever ever had that experience, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but she used to say, and I love my mother. This is not critical of her. But she used to say things like, oh, what an idiot I am. So I found that I was saying, imagine this, oh, what an idiot I am. Right. That was right. not my voice. I really didn't think I was an idiot. I made a lot of mistakes, but I was not an idiot. Right. But it was my mother over and over and over again. So how do you change that? Well, in Mindful Conversation, I can tell you the process that, that I teach is a always awareness awareness is step one it has to be you've got to become aware of what's going on without that you just can't
0: yeah that's true
1: and so the second that's really the fact we almost always start there the second phase is just to pause to slow things down for a moment because i think particularly in conversation you know, conversation goes pretty fast. Like our conversation is back and forth here. lot's happening, all sorts of things. We could go many places, nothing wrong at all with that. But when, if I suddenly realize that this internal voice is drawing me down somewhere, it's it's separating me from myself. It's taking me out of the moment. It's defeating me in this moment. I've got to pause. I first become aware. Secondly, I pause. And again, the pause could be, Five seconds, 10 seconds, yeah. or maybe longer, whatever, but I take a deliberate break, I slow the process down a little bit. And then I have to reflect on what's going on and what do I where do I want to go with this conversation? And then I can kind of get control of it a little bit, not dominate it, but get control of it. So to me, it's those three steps to awareness, pause, and reflection. That help us gain, you know, not again, not total control, because our minds are sort of free free agents out there in a lot of ways, but that is what, in my experience, turns that voice from so frequently being our enemy into bit by bit by bit by bit making it become my ally, my friend, um, someone I can really talk to. And in fact, my most intimate conversational yeah. partner. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I do think the mind, I, I I want to push back a little bit on the concept of the, well, maybe I'm just misinterpreting or you haven't actually said that, but I do have noticed with my own mind, cause I do, I had to do so much work with it to, to just corral it sure. is that it will go where I focus. So it won't go somewhere. I'm not, if it's going somewhere, it's because on some level I have directed it that way I might be feeling something I have but it didn't happen accidentally and one of the reasons I love to write is it is it is focusing my mind on purpose because writing is thought it's all thought right it's a conversation I'm having but it's focused and I don't let it go somewhere I don't want it to go like I'm not going to go think about my laundry or any or my fears or my ang while I'm writing and I do think that we we I never want to give up my creative center of my mind because yes, it can happen fast and I can follow things I didn't want to follow, but it will follow me if I focus authentic. Does that make sense?
1: Totally. I think it makes totally sense. And I would just include that under awareness. You know, I I think that's fair. That's That's really You are very aware of your mind and you have set clear intentions right now. I'm going to be writing or I'm going to do an interview or whatever it is you're doing. And I think you have, learned how to do that so you're well on
0: survival that. technique peter <laughs> it yeah. was it was that or just lose it completely so but yeah. Yeah, i have <laughs> learned that i have yeah. learned all right so um so we want to we want to be aware we want to make an ally of the internal narrative um what um what else what when what are your favorite conversations to have how do you know, and maybe this, you can't, when you're, you're saying, yeah, this is what I want from a conversation to you, what does that mean to you if you're having it?
1: Well, I'm having one right now.
0: Ah, well, Peter, thank
1: seriously, you. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I'm not,
0: um,
1: I can feel, I feel alive right now. Yeah. I feel that I've got a lot to say. Yeah. Um, you're someone I can trust, I can talk to, I may, whatever, you know, whatever comes up, I, I just, I have, I have faith in it, that it will be, it will be right. Um, I feel that I, I may say something I've never said before, because I'm exploring, I'm learning, right. I'm growing right. with right. your help. I yeah. want to understand where you're coming from, I'm interested. So it's not just, you know, I, I feel it's a it's a back and forth that's what I love. I, I get such energy from that. I, I feel connected. I feel like my life has purpose. I don't always feel that. I wish it did. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. But when I am in a conversation like this, you know, it's like, this is what I'm here for.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm not wasting my time. I'm, 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 um, (sighs) I'm, how else to say it I'm just, see you know
0: why you can't explain it peter it's because the meaning of life when you're in the flow of meaningful thought like you're there yeah. you're doing and when you're doing what you love to do the meaning is in joy soul lies in the doing yeah. like she it doesn't need
1: any, any explanation <laughs> you don't <laughs>
0: funny this is it <laughs> this is it yeah, I was thinking about always one of the most profound moments early on. I was interviewing. I started having these conversations. I'd never done it. I had no interest in interviewing. I just sort of fell into it. But I was a writer interviewing writers. And I think that most people interviewing writers at that time weren't. And I was I talked to some writer who is a very big deal person. And, and at the end, she said, this was the best interview I've ever had. And I was like, what? I was like, what? Didn't we just talk to each other like two human beings? But then I started getting interviewed. And this is, I think, is a key which I'd like to hear you opine on is I realized having been interviewed myself now, what all I did when I interviewed them was I listened with intense interest, like, and everything I asked was based for the most part on what they just said. So they felt heard, I think. And, and an interested partner is such a, an inspiration if you're talking, because you know when you've talked to someone who doesn't seem interested, it's so hard. It's, it's right? So, listening. It's, I was actually listening to them. And,
1: and it's amazing how rare actually listening <laughs> it is, it is. It is. It is. It's, it's, and particularly in this day and age, I think.
0: You know, well, who knows, it, right?
1: Yeah. Um, but it's such a gift. You know, I think there are many people who have never, never, ever Really been listened to? I think you might be right. You know, it's just it's just a foreign concept. Yeah, I I think you're right. uh, And and, you know, there are, you know, I I, I'm sure you have. I have lots of conversations where I say after the first couple of minutes, okay, well, this one this is not the real thing, but I'll I'll hang in here for five minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is, and I'm going to move on. Um, Listening is the biggest gift you can give somebody it, i mean yes, really yes. to yeah. really listen to really want to understand not because i agree with you disagree with you like you don't like you that that's kind of irrelevant yeah. anyway, but 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 i'm um, i'm just saying to to really be in the moment and listening to what's going on Wow, well, it's uh, and that that is the heart of mindful conversation there are other parts to it too but that is the absolute yeah. part of it for sure.
0: And, and to listen, you have to be present. You can't. You can't be because you know you've talked to people who just are just thinking about the next thing they're going to say. So they, you know, they're just waiting for their turn and they're not actually hearing anything that goes in. You Absolutely. know, barely, yeah. I, I had some people like that. I was like, man, they are not hearing anything I'm saying. I'm going to keep talking just because I'm sick of listening to them. But <laughs> but really, like it's like, what is the point? Yeah. What's the point? You yeah, know?
1: it's not. It's not a conversation at all.
0: No, it it's is a lecture, you know. It it's, is, <laughs> it's dueling yeah, lectures. You want to do fine, the lecture, hi, right. that's right.
1: But, um, that's not a conversation, no.
0: It's Don't really you has, it's improved? Have, would you say the more mindful your conversation became, the better your life became?
1: Well, I think that mindful conversation is a life practice, it's not just a way of conversation, right. It's who you are, who you become. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I don't think you can't fake it. Um, And if you're if you're saying, well, okay, I I do mindful conversation from nine to 10 in the morning, and the rest of the day I do this, it's not going to work, it it becomes who you are. Um, And it really is a very deep life practice. It's like a meditation. And maybe that's not the right analogy quite here. But, um, but it is yes, it becomes who, who you are. I think it has helped me grow in so many ways, helped me accept myself in so many ways, helped me understand other people in so many ways, helped me connect with people really deeply, those who are open to it um, in so many ways. It's made my relationships better, all of them, you know, and their relationships scan the spectrum here. So, yes, um, yeah, I, I I, almost feel like I... Um, I hope this won't sound wrong, but I, I sort of bow down the altar of mindful conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's done so much for
0: me. Well, I look, I see our time is up. I can't believe how fast this conversation went, but hey, this is what happens when you're doing it's, what you like to do.
1: Uh,
0: okay. So actually, before I get to my last question, which keeps cha- I know I've asked it to you before, but it's going to keep changing, is my guess. It keeps changing for me. Uh, people want to get the book. What's the best way to get it?
1: It is available. Um, all in lots of places in independent bookstores, on Amazon, on Kindle. Right. Um, if a bookstore doesn't have it, they can certainly order it. It's through right. standard distribution cycles. Yep. So uh, please, uh, yeah, it's there All for
0: right. you. Mindful Conversations by Peter Gibb. Okay. And so. Can I say-
1: and one other thing, can I just add it, add yep. in? So I'm also teaching online, a course, on mindful conversation. Uh, the, the class starts, um, next class I'm teaching starts on September the 14th. I think I'm right on that.
0: Okay. So go to Where my website. Where do they website, sign up?
1: Uh, go to my website, uh, petergibb.org. Okay. And, uh, you'll find it, it's all there.
0: Great. Sign up, people. Have a few good conversations. Wouldn't kill you. Wouldn't kill you. You might even learn it through. You might might come away happier if you want a good relationship with yourself with your writing because writing is a conversation that's true uh okay peter not quite done with you so you've done done some writing in your life uh still going here and so think back on all the writing you've done and if it's taught you anything currently what do you think it's taught you the writing the writing my friend
1: the writing what has the writing taught me um I think it's taught me a lot about, about patience, actually, because writing writing is hard work. Um, it takes time. It takes focus. It takes rewriting. It takes peeling back the onion and discovering what really wants to be there. And you know, sometimes you just have a flash of, of brilliance, and that's that's great when it happens. But for me, at least, more often it's it's really staying present to it believing in it and and looking at the discovery process and believing that if i keep trying to 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 say what i what i really think and trying to get clear on that and being willing to say nope that wasn't it get rid of that let's try that again uh i get there eventually and um so there's a lot of patience involved and i find patience Patience helps me in everything. Oh, um, oh, yeah. So I'm happy to have writing teach me that. And I've got a lot more to learn about it. But but oh, I think that's at least one of the things that I have learned a lot about from, from my writing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, it is impossible to be too patient. I, I <laughs> have yet to, to have been, ever been too patient in my life, I have to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, no surprise. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the book. And I hope you get to teach lots and lots of people about mindful conversations.
1: Thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate this. I totally enjoyed it. And I hope your listeners uh, do too and and, uh, benefit from it.
0: Patience, patience, people. Yeah, it comes up a lot. It's true for me. I think you become a professional writer, really a professional, when you reach the end of a sentence and you don't know what comes next, but you have the patience to wait and trust it will. Yeah. Kind of a long one with Peter, but you know what? It's because we're just, we like conversation. And so we had a good conversation. Yes, we did. Okay, listen, that was a lot of fun. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Go have yourself a mindful conversation. Just be aware, just be present. Don't judge. Don't don't try to manipulate it. Just be there. Be there with the moment. And in the meantime, in addition to those conversations, find something you love to do and do it.